0: Bismillah ar rahim alhamdulillahi rabil alameen, wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ala ashraf al-anbiya'i wal-mussaleen, nabiyehna wa seyyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een, Allahumma allimna ma yanfa'una wa anfa'na bima allamtana, wa zidna ilman, Allahumma Amin So the title of this lecture is uh, Fiqh of Fasting, or Fiqh of As-Siyam. Um, and the objective of this lecture is to Uh, go through certain or some fiqh issues pertaining to fasting. Um, We're not going to really delve too deeply into the virtues of Ramadan, the virtues of fasting. I'm sure they are all well known and um, there will be other dedicated lectures uh, for that particular subject. So um, the first Mas'ala issue we will uh, begin with is um, what is the hukum or the ruling on fasting? Fasting the month of Ramadan. Firstly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he talks about fasting and siyam in his in the statement in Surah al Baqarah where he says, So in this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about fasting and he says that O oh, you who believe, fasting has been made obligatory upon you just as it was made obligatory upon those who preceded you. However, the verse doesn't really talk about the fasting of the month of Ramadan. It talks about fasting um, in a general sense. Um, as for the fasting of Ramadan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, in um, uh, the, the in two verses after this verse, He says, So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about fasting in, in the verse in verse 83 in Surah Al-Baqarah, and then um, he says after two verses, شَهْرُ رَمَضَانِ أَلَّذِي أُنزِلَ فيه الْقُرْآنُ لِلنَّاسِ وَبَيِّنَاتٍ مِنَ الْهُدَى والفرطان. And then he says, مِنْكُمُ الشَّهْرَ فليصمه. So this is the mahal shahid Allah says, whoever witnesses the month of Ramadan, <coughs> whoever is alive at the month of Ramadan and is obviously capable of fasting, فليصومه, then let this person fast the month of Ramadan. Also the Hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar in Bukhari, Muslim, where the Prophet وسلم, mentioned the five pillars of Islam. And he says, Islam Islam is based upon five. And then he mentions at the end, wasawm Ramadan and the fasting of the month of Ramadan. طيب. So now that, now that we know that Ramadan is obligatory, um, know that, um, the obligation of Ramadan has certain conditions. So Ramadan is obligatory upon certain people who meet these conditions. The first of these people is um, the person who is a Muslim. So Ramadan is only wajib and obligatory upon the person who has an Islam in their hearts. Um, That doesn't mean that the disbeliever isn't uh, punished or isn't sinful for not fasting the month of Ramadan. Of course they are. But if they were to fast while being upon a state of disbelief, then their fasting would not be uh, accepted from them. So, al awwal is al-islam. So far, the month of Ramadan is obligatory upon every person who is considered to be a Muslim. The second condition is al bulugh Ramadan is obligatory upon a person who reaches the state of adulthood. And the proof of this is the hadith of the Prophet um the prophet says the pen has been lifted from three types of people the first is the person who is insane um until such a time as they um uh until they um, awaken from their insanity or until such a time as they are no longer considered to be insane and the person who is asleep until they wake up, and Asabi the child until they reach the age of adulthood. Um, so this is the second condition, al or Adulthood. The third condition, now um, this is obviously Bil yani the proof of this is Bil ijma, the hadith that was just mentioned to you, and also the ijma of the ulama and the scholars. Um, However, the Salaf and the Sahaba used to encourage their young ones to actually fast, even though they hadn't reached the age of adulthood and fasting wasn't considered to be obligatory upon them, they would um, encourage their young ones um, to actually fast. um, And this was something which was a sunnah of the Sahaba and our righteous predecessors. Um, the third condition is um, that the person who fasts must have must be of sound mind and intellect. Al-`Aql. Um, and obviously, the proof of this is the hadith that we just mentioned: al thalatha al The pen has been lifted from three types of people, and one of them being al-majnoon, the one who is considered to be crazy or insane until um, they are no longer considered to be insane. The fourth condition for fasting the month of Ramadan to become wajib and obligatory upon a person is al-qudra. So the person has to be capable. They have to actually have istita'a and capability to fast the month of Ramadan. Um, and the proof of this is the hadith, is the verse um, in Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala says, yukallifullahu La yukallifullahu nafsan illa La yukallifullahu nafsan illa Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala does not burden a soul more than it can bear um so that's basically the conditions of fasting the month of Ramadan the next issue we move on to is um when does uh the fasting of Ramadan itself become obligatory in terms of yani, we know that it becomes obligatory obligatory and wajib upon a person who um, has those conditions that we mentioned but generally speaking Ramadan. when does Ramadan actually enter how do we know when the month of Ramadan actually has entered. So the answer to this question is that we know that the month of Ramadan has entered from two, in two different ways. The first is um, when the crescent moon is sighted, when the moon of Ramadan is sighted. And the proof of this is the verse in Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala says, Whoever witnesses the month of Ramadan فَلْيَصُمْهُ let this person fast. And this is obviously an obligation. Also, the Prophet وسلم, he said, If you see the crescent of Ramadan, then fast. And if you see the crescent of Shawwal, uh, then break your uh, fast. Um, so there is a sub-issue which um, many Muslims nowadays actually n- engage in and which keeps coming up every, every year, re- uh, really, which is, um, do all of the Muslims, does all of the Ummah, do, do we all have to fast at the same time? Do we all have to begin fasting at the same time? Which means that the East, the Muslims who are living in the East and the Muslims who are living in the West, do they all have to begin the month of Ramadan on the same day? The answer to this question is no. They do not have to. It's actually impossible for them to begin the fasting of Ramadan at, on the same day, because obviously because of the fact that they live in different time zones. Um, and also because of the hadith in Sahih Muslim, where Quraib and Quraib, he said that Umm fadl the daughter of al-Harith, she sent him to muawiya radiallahu ta'ala anhu who was in sham he was in sham so he was in hijaz Mecca and medina so she sent him on an errand to muawiya in a sham and then he said to sham faqadaytu so i came to sham and i was able to fulfill her errand was to hilla alayya ramadan wa and he said that the month of ramadan began and the month of ramadan was sighted while i was in sham فَرَأَيْتُ الْهِلَالَ So I witnessed and I saw myself the crescent of Ramadan on a Friday, on in the night of a Friday. And ثُمَّ قدمتُ الْمَدِينَ And then I came to Medina في آخر الشهر at the end of Ramadan. يعني at the end of Ramadan, the 29th or the 30th of Ramadan. فَسَأَلَنِي عَبْدُ اللَّهِ بْنِ عَبَاسِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى So Abdullah bin Abbas asked me, and he talked, he mentioned the sighting of the moon, and he asked me, when did you actually witness and see or sight the month of Ramadan? And I said, we witnessed the month of Ramadan on the night of a Friday. We witnessed, we we saw the month of Ramadan on the night of a Friday. And he said to me, did you actually witness this? Present, faqultu, I said, na'am, yes, wa ra'ahu nasu and the people saw this, wasaamu, and they fasted, wasaama Mu'awiyah, and Mu'awiyah also fasted, because of this sighting, faqala, and then Abdullah ibn Abbas, he said, faqala, he said, lakinna ra'aynaahu laylat as-sabt, however, he said, ra'aynaahu laylat as we saw it on the night of a Saturday, 24 hours later, after you saw the month of Ramadan or the the crescent of Ramadan, we saw the crescent of Ramadan. So we will continue to fast until either we complete the, the month of Sha'ban thirty days or until we sight the crescent or the moon of Shawwal. Naam. Um, so if either one of these two happens, we will continue fasting. فقلت I said. So basically, Abdullah ibn Abbas is saying. Um, that even though Muawiyah and Sham, even though they are, they are, they are praying the Eid prayer today, but we will continue to fast until either one of those two things are met, conditions are met. Because we saw the crescent 24 hours after they saw the crescent. So Qurayb, he said, faqultu, I said, awala taktafi Muawiya wa shouldn't you suffice yourself with the ru'ya or with the sighting of the crescent or of Mu'awiyah, with the fact that Mu'awiyah saw the moon and the fasting of Mu'awiyah, isn't this sufficient for you? فقال عبد الله بن, مسعود, عبد الله بن عباس, He said, لا. He said, هكذا أمرنا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم. He said, no, this is what the messenger of Allah commanded us to do. فلم يعمل ابن عباس So here this hadith in Sahih Muslim is very clear to us. It's very clear that it is allowed and it's not considered to be an ikhtilaf in the ummah. So if, for example, the Muslims in, in, in Saudi Arabia, because of the fact that they sighted the crescent and they saw the crescent were to fast on a particular day, and the Muslims, for example, in Pakistan, or in, uh, in Uzbekistan or Afghanistan, مثلا, saw the crescent uh, a day later and they fasted based on their sighting, then this is not considered to be an ikhtilaf. In fact, both nations and both people are acting in accordance with the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu Also, if you look at it from a logical point of view, um, even if they were both to fast the month of Ramadan at the same time, do they not break their fast in different hours? The people in the East, do they not break their fast um, yani, sooner than the people in the West? Of course they do. And obviously, then, do they all pray, eat, pray at the same hour in the same time? Likewise, of course not. Do they all pray this, the five daily prayers at the same time? The answer is no. So this issue is—it's it's, not—it's uh, a—it's uh, an issue which shouldn't cause any khilaf in the ummah. To move on, um, the next masrur issue is. Um, is the fasting of uh, people known as Ahlul A'adhar wa fitarun. So there are certain people who have been given concessions, who have been given rukhas and concessions with regards to the fasting of the month of Ramadan. So there are certain people that do not have to fast because of legitimate excuses that they have, because of legitimate legislative reasons that they have. And those people are al-mariid, the person who is sick, um, and then we will move on to al-musafir. So the first of these people is al marib the person who's considered to be sick. There are two types of sicknesses. al marib al yurja al la yurja The first type of sickness is the person who is sick and their sickness is considered to be temporary. It's considered to be a sickness that in normal circumstances will, uh, not, is not considered to be permanent. And the second type of sickness is the sick person who is who has a terminal illness, who has a permanent sickness and illness. Okay, so we're only talking about this stage about the first type of person. uh, Okay. So the person who is considered to be sick, who can technically they can actually fast, physically speaking, they can fast. Then this person has ahwal has certain situations. The first situation is that this person um, is able to fast. Physically, they're able to fast, and the fasting does not really affect them negatively. It doesn't affect their illness. um, And the illness is, even though their illness could be considered khafif, light, or even an illness which is considered to be a a, a dangerous or heavy illness. So, this person could be someone, Methodan, as an example, who broke their ankle, or someone, for example, who broke their leg. Okay, so they can technically fast. If they fasted, usually, unless they're taking some medication, um, you know, in the daytime, then this person really is able to fast. So the scholars, they say that this person, it is obligatory upon this person to fast. It's wajib upon this person who's considered to be, technically they're considered to be sick, but it's considered wajib upon this person to fast. The second situation is the sick person who can fast, but the fasting is heavy upon them. It's really difficult upon them to fast, but really they can get across the line and they can actually fast. So the sunnah for this person is that, um, the sunnah is for them to break their fast, and it is considered makrooh and disliked for this person to fast. And the proof of this is the, is the statement of Allah, Allah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wishes ease for you, and He does not wish for you any hardship. Also Aisha radiallahu Allah ta'ala anha she said الله الله كان كان um, in so Aisha radi Allah ta'ala anha she said that the Prophet wasn't given the choice between two matters except that he chose the easier of the two matters as long as Uh, it was not considered to be a sin. If it was considered to be a sin, then he would be the furthest uh, of people uh, from this particular sin. The third situation of the marid, marid is the person who is sick and the fasting actually increases in their sickness or delays in their recovery. Okay? If this is the case, then this person is considered, their fasting is considered haram and impermissible for them to fast. So, if the if because of their fasting their recovery is delayed and it increases in their fitn, in their in their sickness, then it is considered to be haram for them to fast. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, So that's with regarding with regards to the mareed. As for with regards to the musafir, the person who is a traveler, then likewise the traveller has certain conditions or certain affront situations. The first situation is um, the traveller who is while in the state of travelling the whether they fast or not the fasting doesn't really change their physical condition whatsoever it doesn't affect them so to them it's considered the same they consider whether they fast you know whether they fast or not it's still the same to them it doesn't change the uh, the 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 hardship of or the burden of of the travel okay um, so for this person, it is better for this person to fast, okay, because if they fast, then it is asra'u, as the scholars they say, asra'u ibra dhimma. It means that um, it is because of the principle that they are, by fasting, they are removing the burden of responsibility from themselves as quickly as possible. So they don't have to make up any days. So for this person, it is better for this person to fast. But if they were to break their fast because of the traveling and they were to, were to take this concession, then they would not be considered to be sinful. So this is, the, um, this is basically the first situation. The second situation is that one of the two is easier for them. If, if fasting is easier for them, then um, it is better for them to fast. If breaking their fast while traveling is easier for them, then it is better for them to break their fast. Um, and the proof of this is, is the hadith of, of, of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu anhu. In uh, Fatf al-Bari, Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, he said that while, when we used to travel with the Prophet sallallahu in certain expeditions, some of us would fast, and some of us would break their fast. And whoever broke their fast, um, would, would not be considered to be, have done anything wrong and whoever fasted would not be considered to have done anything wrong. The third and final, uh, the third situation of the musafir is that basically the musafir, the person who's traveling, the fasting is actually عليه, is, is difficult for them. Um, however, the fasting doesn't really um, cause them to يتضررون, it doesn't harm them it's difficult upon them, but it doesn't harm them, okay? Um, and the, the, the hukum of this person is that this person, it is better for them to actually break their fast. It is better for them to break their fast because of the hadith of Ujab Ibn Abdillah He said, The Prophet was once um, traveling with his companions and he saw Ziham and he saw a crowd of people. He saw them shading a person. And then the Prophet وسلم, he said ما هادا, what is this? And then they said فقَالُوا they said صائم, this person is fasting. And the Prophet وسلم, he said ليس من البر الصوم في السفر it is not considered to be from righteousness and piety to fast while traveling. So the ulama they deduced from this ruling that um, if the traveling person is in the, the state of this person, or if the traveling person or the traveler is, um, and it fasts, and because of their fast, they become physically weak, and the fasting, um, you know, affects them physically, so much so like that, like, you know, they become actually ill, then um, it is not, they're not considered to be upon piety, as the Prophet ﷺ said, and they should take the rukhas of Allah ﷻ, as the Prophet ﷺ said, "Inna Allah yuhibbu an kama yuḥibbu." And ta'azaimu. Indeed, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala wishes and and loves that you uh, you you observe and you 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 act upon His concessions, just like you act upon um, the His obligatory commands. The fourth condition of the musafir is that basically the uh, the musafir or the traveler is when you know they fast and due to their fast they become physically sick. So the first, the third condition is that they don't actually become physically ill, Ill they become weak. The fourth condition is that um, the fasting actually affects their physical health. Then in this situation, it becomes haram for them to fast. We move on to the next mas'ala issue, which is the issue of the ha'id and the nufasa. If a woman is menstruating, then it is haram for her to fast. Okay, and this is the proof is the hadith of Aisha ta'ala anha Abu Sa'id al khudri Bukhari al-Muslim it is haram for her to fast. Likewise, if a woman is in her postnatal bleeding in a state of nufasa, then it is also haram and, and impermissible for her to fast. The next issue is, what is the ruling on a person who has broken their fast due to a legitimate excuse, due to a legitimate reason, and then in the daytime of Ramadan, this reason or this disappears, is no longer present. An example is let's say, for example, a woman is menstruating and she wakes up for fajr, obviously in a state of haib. So obviously, what fasting is haram for her, she can't fast. And then at duhur time she becomes pure. What does she do? Is she allowed to continue to eat and drink? Or does she observe uh, the sanctity of that day and basically refrain from eating and drinking? Although obviously. She will, that day will not be counted for her as a day of fasting. Another example is, for example, the traveler, the person who broke his fast while he was traveling, then he comes in and he he, he he, or she reaches their destination, their watan and their balad iqama they reach their destination. And um, in Dhuhr or in the daytime of Ramadan, do they continue eating and drinking just like they were doing while they were traveling? Is this a- allowed for them to do or should they stop eating and refrain from eating and drinking or engaging in any halal act like such as having (coughs) relations with their spouse um, out of uh, respect and uh, because of the sanctity of that day okay the answer to this question is that uh, the simple answer is yes they can continue eating and drinking and the proof of this is the hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, actually it's not a hadith, it's an athar, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he said, this is the statement of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he says, whoever eats and drinks um, in the beginning of the day, then let him eat at the end of the day, okay, so this is the proof, so this person is allowed to, to, to eat and drink um on that day because obviously they have a legitimate excuse and reason just because that reason and that excuse has disappeared that doesn't make it haram for them to actually continue eating and drinking so the principle is if you have started, if the day of ramadan or the day of fasting has started for you and you have a legitimate reason and excuse to break your fast at the beginning of ramadan at the beginning of the fasting day then you and that excuse departs or leaves or becomes non-existent in the middle or throughout the day or after, you know, in the middle of the the day of Ramadan, then you can you're allowed to continue eating and drinking. The next issue is what is the ruling on the fasting of the pregnant lady, the pregnant woman and the woman who is in her uh, uh, breastfeeding phase or she the woman who's who's basically uh, nurturing her child. And basically, breastfeeding her child, the ulama are all in agreement that it is allowed for these two, two women to break their fast. It is allowed for these two women to break their fast. However, um, they have to basically make up this fast, and they to make up this fast. There are certain ahwal or, or situations that basically affect these types of women. Uh, depending on their intention and depending on the reason why they broke their fast. So listen very carefully, okay? So the qa'ida the principle is, it is allowed for them to break their fast. The pregnant woman and the woman who is uh, breastfeeding, it is allowed for them to break their fast. Uh, as to, with regards to the qada and the making up of that fast, then there are certain Ahwal, there are certain situations, and these situations are based upon their intention and their Niyah. The first situation is if they break their fast because of the fact that they feared for their child, they, they feared for their offspring with regards to the pregnant woman, she feared for her unborn child, with regards to the uh, breastfeeding woman, she is fearful for, her, for her, uh, ch- uh, her, her, the child that she's breastfeeding. Then, if this is the case, they break their fast, okay? They, they break their fast. And there is no expiation upon them, except basically the fact that they have to make up those days that they have broken their fast. This proof is the verse. This is the first situation. The second situation is if they feared for themselves and they feared for their children, okay, then they break their fast and they um, have to basically also um, make up those days, just like the first situation. The third situation is if they only fear, they don't fear for themselves, for their health, but they fear for their children only, then um, it's similar to the first two situations. They have to basically break their fast and they make up those days and there is no expiation. So those three situations are pretty much the same. So just basically, there's different, there's slight khilafat that I'm, I'm, Intentionally intentionally neglecting here, not mentioning them for a very good reason, because um, you know there's no, um, uh, it's not the right time and the maqam to mention them. But as a general rule of thumb, if a woman is breastfeeding or she is in a state of, um, um, yeah, she is, uh, hamil or pregnant, um, then she she is allowed to break her fast but she basically has to make up those days afterwards. The next masala is the fasting of the person who is Ajis. The first person who is Ajis, the Ajis is the person who's physically incapable. This Ajis is usually because of Kibar, because of old age. So if a person, for example, is Ajis, is incapable because of old age, then this person is categorized into two different categories. The first category is a person who is ages or incapable of fasting due to old age, but also this person has become like senile, has this person has become mentally incapable. They have methadone, they may have Alzheimer's methadone, or they may have dementia methadone, or they may have, they may not be considered to be of sound mind. If this is the case, then this person fasting is not obligatory upon them in any way which means they don't have to make up, uh, they can obviously eat and drink, and they don't have to make up any days, and the people that are responsible for them do not have to fast on their behalf after their death, okay? So this is the first category of, of person. The second category is a person who is considered to be old, who is ages, is incapable, and they are very old, but they are of sound mind, okay? Of sound mind, right? This is, the sec- this is the second category of, of the old person who is considered to be Ajis. This person um, doesn't have to fast. Fasting, the obligation of fasting is removed from them. However, they have to feed on... Be- for every day that they break their fast, they have to feed a miskin, a poor person. They have to feed that poor person a an equivalent amount of nisfusa' uh, which is like a, ha- a kilo and a half of the... Uh, custom customary food of the land of that people, such as rice, such as dates, barley, wheat, whatever, and to make matters simple, they just have to basically feed a poor person, one poor person, for every day that they break their fast. So that they just feed them a, yeah, and something that will that is considered, yeah, uh, enough food. Um, for them to last one sitting and in something that will fill them up in one sitting and this is من ال... من... من um, that's with regards to the Pope the old person who is considered to be very old um, there's also another type of Aji's, which is a person who is um, a person who is مريض, a person who is sick a sickness that um, a sickness that is considered to be um, a uh, permanent sickness, or ba- basically this person uh, has a clinical um, diagnosis, a clinical illness, it could be cancer, they could be under, but they're doing chemo- chemotherapy, or any of those types of illnesses, which basically cause the person to become extremely weak and terminally ill. This person, or likewise, they don't have to fast, fasting is removed from them, the obligation of fasting is removed from them, but they have to feed a poor person for every day, that they break the fast. And the itaam is obviously, as Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala says, wa'ala fidyatun miskeen. And as for those who are aji's, those who are incapable of fasting, then they have to pay a fidya, and this fidya, this expiation is ta'amu miskeen, is the feeding of a miskīn. And the Sunnah has clarified to us that this ta'amu miskeen, the middar of this itaam is what's known as nisfu sa' or about a kilo and a half um, of um, the customary food of that particular land. We move on to the next mas'ala, which is al-mufattirat wal qada Al-mufattirat wal qada which is basically, what are the, um, what are the mufattirat? What are the, those things that break a person's fast and those things that cause a person to make up um, their, uh, th- th- that particular fasting day. The first is al-aklu wa The first and the second is eating and drinking. Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala says, وَأَكُلُوا وَاشْرَبُوا حَتَّى يَتَبَيَّنَ لَكُمُ الْخَيْطُ الْأَبِيَضُ مِنَ الْخَيْطِ الْأَسْوَدِ مِنَ الْفَجْطِ ثُمَّ أَتِمُوا الصِيَامًا Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala said, eat and drink until, uh, the, until, the white, this, the, until the white thread of dawn becomes distinct from the black thread of the night. يعني, uh, يعني بأج- from fajr. And then complete your fasting um, until sunset. Um, and this is basically, obviously, the first proof. And it's And this is معروفة. The second or the third, basically, issue, or the second issue regarding والشرق, the scholars تعالى, they deduced an, a principle from this verse and also from this hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam where the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam hadith of Abu Huraira, that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he narrated from Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta that Allah said, As-Sawmuli, fasting belongs to me Wa Ana Ajzi Bihi and I will reward the person who fasts. Yada'u, and then Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta he said, Yada'u, so this is a hadith Qudsi this is not a Quran, this is a hadith Qudsi Yada'u shahwatahu wa aklahu wa shurbahu Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta he said so this person um, removes um, abandons their shahwa, their desires and their food and their drink for my, because of myself, because of me and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying um, So siyam fasting is basically to refrain from all those things that are considered to be mufattirat all those co- things that are considered to be nullifiers um, from 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 sunrise until uh, from fajr until uh, sunset. Um, now, and the ulama they deduce from these principles or these um, mursus, um certain masail or certain issues. We will we'll, we will mention some of them, which is basically that any 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 object or any um, anything that enters a person's digestive system. Um, that causes this person, that is considered to be a nutrient or a vitamin or an energy, anything that gives a person energy, causes the person to break their fast. So as an example, if you look at, for example, what's known as a it's suppositories, um, suppositories that are basically inserted into the rectum, or for example, in the case of women, into their private parts, um, then these suppositories are two types suppositories that are basically nutritional or that contain vitamins or contain anything that gives the person energy if that's the case then these suppositories basically break the person's fast if these suppositories are just for medical reasons but they don't do any of the above mentioned things then in this case these suppositories do not break the person's fast and they are the next mas'ala is what about if a person vomits? Um, if a person vomits intentionally or causes themselves or induces vomit, then this breaks the person's fast. But if, it, if the person doesn't induce any vomit and the person is overwhelmed um, and they vomit unintentionally, they look at something that they consider to be, mas'ala, uh, disgusting or something that they consider to be uh, يعني, uh, something that causes them to vomit then this person doesn't have to break uh, doesn't break, this doesn't actually break their fast the prophet sallallahu alaihi he said in hadith of abu huraira man whoever is overwhelmed with because of vomit um, قضاء, then they don't have to make up any days whoever induces vomit um, then they have to make up uh, those days. This is in, in Musnad al-Imam Ahmed and Abu Dawood. Also, the next uh, issue um, with regards to those things that break a person's fast is al-Hijama. Regarding the Hijama, the asal is the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu is the hadith where the Prophet said, aftar al-hajim wal-mahjub. Um, and you know, there's three different, you know, the hajim, the, the one the cupping, hijama you know, means cupping, the one who cups and the one who's being cupped um, have broken their fast, and then this is a mas'ala mash'ura, and there's, there's a lot of khilaf in this mas'ala issue, there are three opinions on this. The first opinion is that hijama uh, or cupping breaks a person's fast. The second, it doesn't break their fast. The third opinion is that it is considered to be makruh and it is considered to be disliked so as يعني, what what i would advise my brothers and sisters is to min al khilaf is to refrain from cupping um, in, uh, while they're fasting to refrain from cupping while they are fasting okay but there's a khilaf in this particular mas'ala or issue um, the next mas'ala is ejaculation Um, If a person, um, there are two types of, obviously, ejaculation is a, uh, because of sexual arousal, Um, there are two types of ejaculations, the first is, um, if a person um, ejaculates due to touch, due to them, for example, touching their private parts, or, for example, due to, for example, them kissing their wife, for example, uh, then um, this causes the person to break their fast. And in this particular qism, the scholars, rahimahumullah ta'ala, they add what's known as al istimna, which, which is a masturbation, um, which is a, when a person basically causes themselves, uh, causes through their own actions to basically um, ejaculate. This is obviously the haram and impermissible. However, if this happens while a person is fasting, then this, has, this person's fast is broken. This person has broken their fast. And not only that, they have to actually refrain from eating and drinking throughout the day. So they won't be rewarded or they, won't, they cannot reward themselves or they cannot basically have used as a concession, rather. That's the right word. Used as a concession, the fact that now they have committed this sin, that this day isn't counted for them. So that means they won't be uh, rewarded. So they'll just go continue eating and drinking then no, they're not allowed to continue eating and drinking, even though they have committed this sin, they have to refrain from eating and drinking, and this is different to the person who broke their fast because of a legitimate reason, and then this reason disappeared, the issue that we discussed just a few minutes ago, okay? Um, So this is the first type of ejaculation. Ejaculation due to touch, due to looking, due to, for example, even hearing, uh, due to um, kissing, um, this causes basically a person to break their fast. The second type of ejaculation is if a person touches a, um, a woman, يعني, touches if a person touches a woman's private parts, then this basically causes, touches a woman's private parts with their private parts, then this causes the person to break their fast even though there is no ejaculation. So if, for example, penetrative uh, sex, for example, or a person has sexual relations with their wife, but they do not actually, nothing comes out of them, um, then this person is obviously, this person has committed an act or major sin, and um, the fast is broken. And the proof of this is obviously the verse. Um, if you go back to the verse, in Surah Al-Baqarah, verse 187, لَيْلَةَ الصِّيَامِ الرَّفَّثُ إِلَىٰ If you go back to that verse, that is the evidence and the proof. Also the hadith of Abu Huraira رضي الله تعالى عنه in Bukhari and muslim when a man came to the Prophet and he said that I have halaktu, uh, I have destroyed myself and the Prophet asked him Sallallahu what he meant and he said I had relations with my wife in Ramadan and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi he told him the expiation and how to expiate this particular sin Which we'll get to in a minute, inshallah. So, if a person has relations with his wife in the month of Ramadan or Afrin, in the daytime of Ramadan, not in the month of Ramadan, in the daytime of Ramadan, then this person, first and foremost, they have to make Tawbah and they've fallen into a major sin. This is the first thing. The second thing is that they have to make up that particular day. And the third thing is they have to fast two consecutive months, okay? So they have to fast two consecutive months, ala um, um, If they are unable to fast two consecutive months, then they have to feed sixty poor people. طيب. The next masala is we've we've spoken about things that are that break a person's fast. We've so, spoken about things that break a person's fast. Um, So, when does a person have, when does it actually, if a person falls into these nullifiers or into these Mufattirah, these things that break a person's fast, um, this person has to be in a state of, مثلا, this awareness. So, this person has to be in a state of awareness. So, this person, in order for their fast to be actually corrupt and invalidated, the first thing is this person has to be a person who's dhakir person who's in a state of awareness and, and not in a state of forgetfulness. So if a person eats and drinks um, in the daytime of Ramadan, while they are in a forgetful state, then there is nothing upon them. If a person مثلا, um, uh, has relations with his wife in the daytime of Ramadan and they've totally forgotten and yani totally they've forgotten that it's Ramadan, then there is nothing upon them, okay? That's the first, uh, it's, uh, the first state. The second is the person has to be in a state of ihtiyar. The person has to be in a state where he is he or she is in control of their own bodies, or they are aware, they are considered muhtarin, they are they have a, a choice in the matter. So, مثلا, If a person is sleeping, and while in there they are sleeping, they have a wet, what's known as a wet dream, and then because of this, they ejaculate while they're sleeping. Then obviously they're fasting, and then when they wake up, they see wetness on their garments they see the, the garment is wet, مثلا, or the, the sheets are wet, مثلا, then um, there's nothing upon them. Okay? So that's, for example, if a person sleeps after Fajr, مثلا, and then wakes up about 9 a.m., مثلا, and they've, between that time they've had a wet dream, there's nothing upon them. Okay? Um, um, also, if, if the person has to be aware of the ruling or has to know, have knowledge of the ruling. So if a person doesn't have knowledge of the ruling, then there is nothing upon them. If they're ignorant of this particular ruling, then there is nothing upon them. But once they are aware and once they have knowledge, then they have to act in accordance to it. Then we move on to some of the sunan of fasting. Some of the sunan of fasting include al to the pre-dawn meal. The Prophet ﷺ he said, fi al sahur baraka." eat your pre-dawn meal, for indeed there is blessings in them. And the Prophet ﷺ he said that the difference between us, our fasting and the fasting of the people of the book is akilat al is the pre-dawn meal, and also the Prophet and from the Sunan of fasting is to hasten the breaking of the fast as soon as you hear the adhan or the time of the adhan um, uh, the sun sets you break your fast. The Prophet ﷺ he said that the people are, will always be upon khayr as long as they hasten in breaking their fast Also from the Sunan of fasting is to break your fast on uh, what's known as ar-rutab or um, dates, ripe dates, um, and if you can't find any dates then you break your fast with water. And while you break your fast, you say the dua the the, the supplication that the Prophet taught his ummah, which is Dahabat Dama'u waqtala till uu wa thabatil ajallah. Dahabatama our quench, our thirst has been quenched, and waqtalatil uh the vein our veins or the veins have become uh, wet. Uh wa tabat al adu insha'Allah and the reward has been affirmed. Also from the adab of siyam the etiquette of fasting is to abandon all false speech to abandon things that are of no concern to you to abandon obviously backbiting to abandon sinning to abandon anything that causes the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the prophet sallallahu he said whoever does not abandon the the, the, the falsehood or false statements and acting in accordance to, to these false statements or sinning generally, then Allah has no need for this person to abandon their ta'am, their sharab, their eating and their drinking. What is the ruling on a person who dies while there are fasting days that they need to make up? So if a person dies and they haven't made up those days in Ramadan that they have uh, broken their fast, whether it's for a legitimate reason or not, whether they, were, they broke their fast because of sins or because of an actual reason due to suffer, for example, a marad, then what is the ruling on this person? Then this person, la ikhlu min This person is two types. The first type is a person who, after Ramadan, then the excuse or the reason why they broke their fast in the first place is still ongoing, um, such as sickness. They broke their fast because of illness and after Eid, and they are still sick. The whole of Shawwal, they're still sick and then they die afterwards. They die due to, because of this sickness or because of whatever, another reason. Then in that case, then this person, there is no sin upon them and um, no one needs to make up those fasts on their behalf. That's the first type of person. The first, second type of person is the person who had the opportunity to after they broke their fast in Ramadan, after Ramadan, they became better and the, the, the reason why they broke their fast was no longer present, but they decided to basically wait a few months or they became lazy or for whatever reason, they waited and in that period, a month or two later, let's say they had five days to make up in Ramadan and then they died in Rajab, for example, a few months later, then this person is not considered to be excused then this person, their awliya, and the people that are responsible for them, their next of kin, have to fast on their behalf. Have to fast on their behalf. And the proof of this is the hadith of Bureyda radiAllahu ta'ala She said that a man came um, to, a, a woman came to the Prophet sallallahu and while I was sitting with him, and she mentioned, she said that her, my mother died while there was some fasting days upon her. The Prophet Sallallahu he said to her, Sumi anha, fast on her uh, behalf. This is in Sahih Muslim. Now, I'm going to complete um, or Some, there are cert, some issues that are considered mu'asirah. Now, so there are certain issues on Masail that basically are considered contemporary issues um, to do with fasting. Um, so the first issue is regarding um, what's known as al bukhaq or what's known as um, uh, what's known as inhalers or asthma inhalers. Um, the 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 correct opinion on this is that asthma inhalers or inhalers they don't actually break your fast, whether they are uh yeah you know, uh, and because of the you know, you know, things that you know inhalers you know, asthma inhalers you, they don't break your fast because obviously because they are not considered to be nutrients because they're not considered to be nutrients and they do not um enter into the person's digestive system um and also because of the fact that the scholars who who said that you know the scholars who took this opinion and wallah i mean, this is the correct opinion sheikh abdul aziz Baz, and this is a fatwa by Lajna al of the permanent committee, and also Sheikh Abdullah al because they said that this is considered to be similar to the person who rinses his or her mouth uh, while making wudu, uh, when they're fasting. they rinse. You rinse your mouth and you gurgle, uh, you rinse your nose, this doesn't break your fast. Likewise, inhalers don't break uh, your fast. Also, um, there are certain, there are sometimes due to a person's heart condition, the doctors, they place, if a tablet is placed underneath a person's um, underneath a person's tongue, this tablet then is absorbed um, by the body through through a person's saliva. um, And it's basically a type of medication. This doesn't also break your fast. It doesn't break your fast because it is not considered to be a nutrient. It's not considered to be anything that contained that will give you energy. It doesn't replace food and drink. If it were to replace food and drink, hypothetically speaking, then yes, it will break your fast. Also, um, there is also, if a person, for example, um, if a person, for example, um, if if a tube, for example, is inserted into a person's, uh, through a person's mouth, um if a tube for example like an endoscope is cons- is inserted into a person's mouth um, to check for certain uh stomach conditions uh, like stomach ulcers or, or whatever then this also does not break a person's fast in fact the ulama, the scholars of old the ahnaf and some of the madahid, they actually spoke about this in the books of fiqh and they mentioned what's the ruling on a person If a person has, uh, if a tube or a metal tube, this is the scholars, and we're talking hundreds of years ago, they said, what is the ruling on a person if a metal tube is inserted into a person's mouth, and, um, and it goes through their throat and into their stomach? The correct opinion is that this does not break a person's fast, because again, it doesn't replace food and drink. What about uh, yeah, nasal drops or eye drops? Um, yeah, this, or likewise, nasal drops or eye drops do not break a person's fast because they do not basically replace a food and drink. Regarding anesthetics, for example, anesthesia, then if it's partial, um, then it doesn't break a person's fast. Uh, if it's partial, if, this, uh, if uh, these anesthetics are given to a person and it's just partial or a type or you know, it's, it's basically, uh, it's just then it doesn't break a person's fast. But if it's general and this person obviously goes into a, a, a coma, for example, or, or is, is, um, is in a state of sleep, for example, or, or is in this condition, then um, if the person is in this state all throughout the day, um, then their fast isn't counted. That day they have to make it up. But if, they, if the doctors obviously awaken them just before the yeah, before the adhan of, of maghrib, or it's just partial, <coughs> or they're in this state for half the day for example, not the whole day, then this um, fast is considered um, and they don't have to make up that particular day. Likewise, airdrops do not break a person's fast. Airdrops also do not break a person's fast. Just like we mentioned, eye drops do not break a person's fast. We'll stop here, inshallah. Like I mentioned at the beginning, these are fit issues and I had to rush through them. Um, And if you have any specific questions regarding what we covered, then please ask away now, inshallah. So the first question is, if a woman delays making up her fasts over the years, <clears throat> does she need to make up the fast and also feed one poor person for each fast too? Now she makes up those fasts. So she makes up uh, those fasts. as what about medication for anxiety? It depends on what medication you're talking about. How are you taking these medications? If generally speaking, if the if this is a medication that doesn't replace food and drink or doesn't give you actual energy, um, then uh, it's, or, or you don't need to take water with it, um, and you don't need to, to obviously take a tablet and then drink water with it, then um, you can take this medication and continue fasting. But if you have to, if it's a medication, just like general tablets, for example, then Um, It doesn't, you don't have to make up, um, often if you take water with it, you have to make up that particular day. But if you don't need to take water with it, or this medication is administered through injections, for example, or an inhaler, for example, or whatever, then it doesn't break your fast. However, um, if you are able to stay away from this medication, and it's something that you can stay away from during the daytime of Ramadan, and you take it after you break your fast and then do so. This is better for you to do so. In Turkey, they use technology to give the date of the start in Ramadan in advance. If I'm in Turkey during Ramadan, what shall I do? Shall I start my Ramadan with them? Naam. Now, so let me just read out the question. This uh, brother is saying in Turkey, they use technology to give the date of the start of Ramadan in advance. I'm aware this is an act of and not permissible. However, if I'm in Turkey during Ramadan, what shall I do? Shall I start my Ramadan with them, even if they cited it incorrectly? And if I return back to the UK before the end of Ramadan, do I finish my Ramadan with the people of the UK or on the same day as the people in Turkey? Um, as I started my fast initial in Turkey, this goes for Eid 2. Naam. So my advice to you is to fast with the people of Turkey. Okay, um, although this is how they have began their fast, the, yani this Ithim and this sin is is upon whoever commits this. But for you, as the as a person who is a, considered a citizen of the people, people of Turkey, you are following the rule of that land. So do as they do. Okay, um, and if you come to the UK. Um, and the people of the UK observe Eid prayer a day before the people of Turkey or a day after the people of Turkey, then observe the, uh, Eid prayer with the people of the UK. Observe Eid prayer with the people of the UK, and this is uh, something that you have to do. And as for that particular day, um, if for example, it is uh, 20, if you fasted 28 days for example, and, and then make up that 29th day after Eid. And if you fasted 29 days, if you also happen to have fasted 29 days, then you don't have to uh, make anything up. Continue um, as you were. I hope that's clear. alaikum So, what If you haven't yet made up your missed fasts of last year and are unable to fast them before Ramadan, do you have to pay for these fasts or do you have to make them up after Ramadan? Inshallah. First, this is la a It's upon you to... to to make sure that you make up the fast of the last Ramadan before the next Ramadan comes, you have you have a whole year to do so. So you are sinful in doing this. So you have to make tawbah to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala for this Tafreed, because clearly you are, you know, you've been lax in your wajibat and in your what's obligatory upon you. So make tawbah to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala and um, fast this Ramadan because yani, if you can make it up now, there's only there's a few days before Ramadan now. Make them up now and 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 if you don't have time to make them up now then make sure that you make tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then in Ramadan after this Ramadan is finished then as soon as this Ramadan is finished then before you fast the 6 days of Shawwal make them up then the authentic dua that you recite when opening your fast is dhahabadhama'u wa al ajr inshallah go back to husnul muslim fortification of the muslim and you find that dua there you mentioned if someone has a terminal illness is exempt but if they have an or autoimmune chronic illness would they still be exempt um what do you mean by autoimmune i don't know what you mean by autoimmune chronic if it's a chronic illness if it's an illness this is the qaida, brother or sister the qaida is if it's an illness that causes a person um, to be terminally ill, an illness where the person isn't expected to become uh, to 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 become to to be cured from, then they are considered to be exempt, and obviously they, has, they still have to pay. After they still have to uh, they still have to pay a fidia They have to pay a fidya a a poor person for every day that they've broken their fast. What about the drink that dentists give after treatment to wash the mouth? Now, my advice to you, if you can abstain from going to the dentist for 30 days, then wallahi do so. If you can't, then make sure if any of that, if that drink that they give you, if it enters your uh, jawf, and if if you swallow any of it um, intentionally, um, then it breaks your fast, okay? Um, If you don't swallow it, it if you swallow it unintentionally, it doesn't break your fast. um now so again i've answered this question am i allowed to take vitamin tablets at suhoor i used to do this is this allowed now you're allowed to take you can you can eat whatever you want at suhoor before the fajr before salatul fajr and you can eat and drink and take as many vitamins as you can because obviously it's not time to you know it's not obligatory and wajib upon you the fasting day hasn't started The time of breaking fast is at sunset. So if Maghrib that is at, for example, 9:20 and sun sets at 9:17, which is the timing, the time to break your fast is, you know, look at the taqid and the calendar of your local masjid, your local masjid is upon the sunnah, and go in accordance to when they break their fast. <clears throat> Even, this is a person who's asking about inhalers. Now, it doesn't matter if an inhaler isn't something that replaces food and drink. An inhaler doesn't replace food and uh, drink, so um, it's it's yeah, it's it's not something that is considered to be min al Okay, it's not it's not dietary. Okay, even if it does contain dietary components, fats, sugars, whatever, it doesn't it doesn't it's not something that the person will feel. Um, as though they have actually eaten or drank anything. It doesn't give them any energy or whatever. It doesn't change the ruling. What if there's a difference between different masajid in the same community regarding when fasting starts? Which one do you follow? Follow the one that's closest to the sunnah. Naam. طيب نقف عند هذا al That's the end of the questions. Jazakumullah sallam ala wa ala wa sahbihi ajma'in. alaykum wa